This is the Employment Law Show. It is 6.32. It is Wednesday. That means Lior Sanfiru is here and ready to rock and or roll. You want to reach Lior uh, anytime. Well, right now for the next half hour or so, here's how you do it. You probably know this already, but just in case, 416-870-6400 to call into the show now. We'd love to have you on with us. Your questions make the show that much better. Plus, every time you ask something, you can almost guarantee you're asking for people who are wondering the same thing. Plenty of, so you're doing everybody a... A good turn, 416-870-6400. Beyond that, help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email we get to if we have time. And then outside the hour of the show or the half hour of the show, it is one eight five one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You can use that number anytime to reach Lior and his team and carry on the conversation uh, when we are done here during the week and, uh, and otherwise. Coming up on the show tonight, everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about termination for cause. That is just a bit. Your phone calls coming. Bring them on. The phone lines are open, but we always start off with the uh, the case of the day, pal. What do you got? Uh, what do you got cooking tonight? <laughs> I got uh, lots of employment law issues to talk about. Lots <laughs> of uh, questions to answer, hopefully, and and that's exactly what we want to do on the show tonight to answer questions. You know, you and I have plenty of stuff to talk about uh, anyway. But mm-hmm. as you said, this show is so much better, so much more interesting if we get your calls. So we can tell you what you need to know so that we make you feel better about your workplace issues. You know, maybe tomorrow, Thursday, you're planning on going to work. You're not sure what to do. Maybe there's an ultimatum that you're facing. Maybe today was a bad day and you want to have a better day tomorrow. Well, call us right now. Ask the question. Let us help you, whether it's a severance issue, whether it's a harassment issue, a discrimination issue, Mm -hmm. vaccine issue. Whatever the issue is, now is the time. Now is the place to get answers and to get solutions and of course, there's only so much I can do on radio. I can give you answers, but I can't actually do anything for you beyond that. To take that next step, it's very easy to do. You can always reach out to me and my team at the office. We'll give you that contact information so we can have that private discussion if you want to have it. But case of the day, let me tell you about a case that I dealt with today. Uh, I spoke with a, uh, a gentleman who uh, worked in a, a small business and it's kind of a family business. And the owners of the business decided that they're going to shut it down. Yep. Uh, you know, they, they decided to retire and, and to shut it down. So they gave this gentleman who had worked for this uh, for this business for some six or seven years, uh, eight weeks notice. So they told him, you know, we're telling you now that in eight weeks, we're finally retiring, re- closing the doors, and you and another employee are, are going to be gone. Uh, we're going to let you go. And they even had a meeting where the owner of the business said that we contacted the Ministry of Labor and they told us that's all we're required to do to give you eight weeks notice. So here's that eight weeks notice. It's in writing and we wish you all the best. Mm -hmm. So this gentleman called me and he really just wanted to know. He wasn't necessarily suspicious or anything. He just wanted to know, is this fine? Is Is what my employer telling me fine that they could just give me the eight weeks notice? Do they owe me anything else? So, John... What this employer is doing, not because they're bad, but simply it's wrong. This employer owes this employee a lot more than eight weeks notice. Remember, the size of the company, this is a small company, is irrelevant when it comes to severance. So this person is probably owed right around eight months severance. Now, the eight weeks notice, the two months notice that he got, counts towards his severance. Mm -hmm. So. So instead of eight months, at the end of it, they're going to owe him six months, but they still have to pay him another six months. Now, the interesting thing is this company actually wanted to do the right thing. They called the Ministry of Labor and they were told, and I absolutely believe that, that eight weeks is all you have to provide. But this goes back to what we've said on the show hundreds of times. 
Ministry of Labor cannot advise with respect to termination of employment, whether you're an employer or an employer, because it's true that this employee's minimum entitlements may have been to eight weeks, but his full entitlements, as I said, are about eight months. So unfortunately, this employer got the wrong advice from the Ministry of Labor. I'm going to work with them to resolve it. But important reminders, number one, whether you're an employee or an employer, you cannot and should not ever, ever, ever contact the Ministry of Labor for advice when it comes to loss of a job. And of course, the second issue is that when it comes to giving notice, advance notice of termination, yes, it does count towards your severance. But chances are, like with this person, that at the end of that notice period, you're still owed a lot of severance. If you're not sure, if you want to know what you're owed, do what this guy did. Give me a call. Yep, and check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website uh, crafted by Lior some time ago. It is really, really convenient, free, and full of information and severance pay calculator as well, just on the side, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But you want to reach out afterwards, one 821 5900 but always the calls are priority on this show. Rudair, thank you so much for standing by for a moment. How are you? Fine, thanks. Brilliant. What's on your mind? Okay, so as I was saying to your producer, uh, my daughter just got terminated from her job on Monday um, without any notice or explanation. So she would like to speak to Lior to see if she has any um, um, if, if she has any um, recourse. Well, absolutely, she should speak to me because even if she's even as a short service employee, she's going to be owed severance and. Depending on the terms of any employment agreement that she may have signed, she could be owed several months' pay. Uh, so it's we, we unfortunately can't get her job back, but she's owed potentially several months' pay. So we're there. You, you should have your daughter give me a call as soon as yeah, possible. No, she's right, she, Lira, she's right here. Oh, she's me. here. Okay, I didn't oh, know because you're talking. Okay, let's do that. How are you? Uh, hello. Hi. Yes. How are, how are you? you? Go ahead. Hi. Hi. We're good. All things considered. So how long did you work for this employer? Uh, just about three months. Okay. And do you recall when you started working if you signed an employment agreement? I did. I have the copy that they sent home with me. So were you there for more than three months or under? I know you said about, but be more specific. Um, because I say that because I got the job offer on, I believe, February 5th. But I didn't actually start working until the following week. Okay. So, so it comes it down under. to whether in the employment agreement that you have, whether there's a term that says that in the first three months, they can let you go without any compensation. So that's what we're looking for. Is there a term that says that? If it does say that in the first three months, we can let you go without compensation, then unfortunately, there's not much that can be done and they don't really owe anything. If it does not say that, if it does not say exactly what I just said, you could potentially be owed several months' pay. There is not anything that I see there, but I should also explain context for that as well. Um, at the top of it, it says this is an independent contractor agreement, but right. I was an employee, so it says things like, oh, the contractor is entitled to 14 days' notice of termination. But I found but out you were an employee. Yeah. So the right. good news is it's very likely that, that that agreement probably wasn't even worth the paper it's written on, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what were you doing? What kind of a job did you have? I worked in a clinic. So I was like uh, doing reception, but I was also working with patients. 
So you potentially could be owed a couple of months' pay here. So that's not uh, something that, that, well, that's a significant uh, amount that you're owed. So here's what I want Mm -hmm. you to do. I want you to reach out to me in the office. Uh, John here is going to give you that contact information just now. And then let's have a chat, and I'll make sure to help you to get that, uh, that compensation that you're owed. Wow, thank you so much. <laughs> no problem I didn't here. even know all of that. Yeah, well, here you go. Here is the uh, the number. If you got a pen or a great memory, here it comes now. It's one 821 I'll give it to you again. one 821 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, there you go. Surprise on air, but uh, that's how quickly <laughs> it can happen. I, I've been to drive throughs that take more time to solve problems than that. I mean, it's, you know... <laughs> You know what I mean, but that's exactly the whole point of this. It's it's not a it's not a complicated thing, and it's a, a few questions, and uh, you can be rocking and rolling with a solution because obviously she was done wrong, right? And John, I bet you if she she went down the street and she asked ten people, said, "Listen, I worked there for under uh, three months. Do you think I'm owed anything?" How many of those ten would say to her, "No, you're not owed anything." Yeah, you're under probation, right? Exactly. You're on probation. You're yeah. not owed anything. Yeah. Too bad. You know it is what it is. Well, that's wrong. Okay, and there's so many misconceptions and misunderstandings when it comes to employment law. That's why we do this show, and I'm glad I can help this lady. And I've spoken with hundreds of people in exactly that situation. Short service, they believe they don't don't get anything, when in fact they could have very significant entitlements. You know, it's interesting, too, because, you you know, you mentioned her contract that she had with her. There's any any verbiage in there that mentioned something, but we we can let you go without any severance up to three. I mean, that is something that is the... It is a it's a creature of a contact. It's not automatic, which most people think that you are automatically on probation when you start a new job, right? No matter what, you said it exactly correctly, John. Yes, probation is not automatic. If you start mm-hmm. another job, you're not on probation unless you specifically sign an employment agreement that says you're on probation and we can let you go during that period without any compensation. If it says that, then fine. But a lot of times, like with this lady, it did not say that. And if it does not say that, you're not on probation. And that's very important if you lose your job. Because even after 30 days, 60, 90, you're on severance. You bet. It's 416-870-6400. That is the way to call in. We'll start to get into our topic of the night before we uh, break here in a couple moments. Everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about termination for cause. Number one, when someone is let go, it is usually because they did something wrong. Yeah, so, you know, it's uh, when someone's let go, oftentimes it is because they did something wrong, but that, that's really not the, the, the interesting part of it. And what I mean by that is you may have been let go and you may have done something wrong, but that may not be just cause for dismissal. It may not be. Doing something wrong does not equate to just cause, and that's because just cause means you did something so bad that it's impossible to continue employing you. That's mm-hmm. the standard. That's the test that we have. And if what you did is wrong, yeah, you may lose your job. Your employer may choose to let you go, right. but they have to pay you severance. So the difference between cause and no cause is this question of severance. So, so what I want people to always think, and employers too, just because an employee did something wrong, let's assume that they did. Let's assume that that's a, a, a fact that cannot be disputed. But the fact that they did something wrong does not mean that they get deprived of overtime, sorry, overtime, deprived of severance. They still get their full severance unless what they did was terrible. So 
doing something wrong versus doing something terrible, there's a huge difference there. Yeah, not wrong enough, really, to go without severance, basically. So let's uh, let's take a short break. We'll get to more of those talking points. And you got some time now to grab a phone and join us. Come on in. Water's warm, 416-870-6400. We'll continue the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show continues. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. Welcome back indeed. It is 646. Lots of time for you to chime in and ask your questions for the remaining time here. Lior Sanfiru, co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in this country. We invite you to uh, make that phone call, ask some questions. But in the meantime, everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about termination for cause. Maybe you have these questions as well if you're either an employee or uh, an employer. Question number two is this. What is... Termination for cause, what is that? So really a termination for cause is a punishment for the worst workplace offenders. That's the way to look at it. It's a situation where an employer punishes, imposes discipline on an employee that cannot be kept anymore. So really that means that where the employee does something so bad that they can't be employed, then they get punished, and then they have to uh, you know, bear the consequences, which in this case is a termination for cause that allows the employer to deprive the employee of any severance. So that is really what it is. It's the, I call it the capital punishment of the employment relationship. The thing is, though, John, we'll talk about that, is that a lot of employers, maybe even most employers, pull the trigger on a termination for cause well before they should. Uh, and whatever it is that the employee did doesn't quite rise to that level. And that's where we get a wrongful dismissal. And that kind of uh, begs the next question. So how difficult is it to establish cause? It is difficult to establish yeah. cause. It really requires a lot of work. So here's one of two things you, you need if you're the employer. Either you need to prove that the employee did something terrible. They stole. They hit mm-hmm. someone. They sexually assaulted or harassed someone. So either you prove that or you have to prove that you, the employer, built up a case against them. So you provided warnings. You uh, gave another warning. You maybe did a suspension, and then you're saying, okay, what more can I do? So either the employee did one thing that's really, really bad, or you, the employer, can show that, yes, they were late a bunch of times. I gave them warnings and warnings and warnings, and what more can I do? So it is difficult to establish cause. And as I said, a lot of employers don't do it, don't do it properly. They simply say, ah, look, you were late uh, yesterday. That's it. You're out of here. Or you, you... but made a big mistake on the uh, on the project, so we're going to let you go for cause. No, can't do that. And if an employer lets someone go and they can't establish cause, like I've explained it, then they have to pay their employee their full severance, and that can be as much as two years' pay. So if I'm an employer, or I guess even an employee for that matter, listening to this, I'm thinking how many chances does an employer give that employee before they can terminate for cause? So in a situation where the employee's done something wrong, you know, every situation is different. So depending on the type of misconduct, you know, you, you may need more or less chances. But as a kind of a rule of thumb, I think three chances are is, is a good kind of guideline. Yeah. So you give a warning, you give another warning, and then a final warning. And then, yeah, if it doesn't work, then the employer may be in a position to establish cause. So three is a good kind of general guideline. Now, there are situations where the employee doesn't even have to get three and other situations where they should get more than three. But as a general rule, and, and 
you know, how many times have I actually seen employers building up a case and having these three chances? Not too many times. Oftentimes it's like, okay, mistake, you're gone. And that's not legal. That's a wrongful dismissal. That employer in that situation has to pay severance. Well, and that, that kind of makes you wonder in the 20 plus years you've been doing this, I mean, how common is it in your experience for employers to legitimately have cause? It is rare. Uh, yeah. Most of the time when someone comes to me and says, I've been let go for cause, and you know, I sit down, I ask them questions, I find out what, what happened, what didn't happen, it's not cause. Now, in many situations, the employee did nothing wrong. In some situations, the employee did do something wrong, but it doesn't rise to the level right. of cause. You know, if the employee was late twice last week, yeah, that's not a good thing, right? The employee did something they weren't supposed to. They were late twice. But does that rise to the level of cause? Absolutely not. It doesn't. So if they're let go, they have to get paid severance. But let me give you an example that over the past, I don't know, eight months, six months has been huge when it comes to cause. And that is vaccine mandates and vaccine status. Right, of course. So what a lot of employers have been doing, a lot of employers all over the country is terminating or trying to terminate for cause employees that are not vaccinated. In other words, they're saying your refusal to get the vaccine or your refusal to tell me about your vaccine status amounts to just cause. In other words, you did something so bad that it rises to the level of cause and we can let you go without any compensation. And, you know, what I've been saying on this show and otherwise is, no, it's not cause uh, in that situation, especially if there's no government mandate that's in play. An employee's refusal to vaccinate is not cause. So that employee is owed severance. So that's been a huge, huge issue over the past you know number of months since August or so of, of this year. And uh, yeah, it's not cause. It simply isn't. 416-870-6400. You got some time to join the show and ask your questions about this uh, topic or anything that's uh, you know on your mind. So, so what are examples of conduct that can be cause for dismissal? I mean, even if it happens only once, right? So for in most cases, one incident is not cause. It was, is never going to be caused unless it's one of kind of the, the deadly sins, you know, theft, violence, sexual harassment, those types yeah. of situations. Yeah. One time, obviously, if you steal from your employer one time, that's going to be cause. Your employer doesn't have to give you a second chance. But short of those things, you know, pretty much every other behavior even if it's wrong, would require multiple incidents before the employer can let the employee uh, go for cause. And it would require the employer to provide advance warnings yeah. so that the employee knows what's expected of them. Here's the thing, John. If an employee does something wrong, okay, and the employer never does anything about it, uh, they just let them do it, they, you know, and they maybe just kind of look the other way, and so it happens again and again. Well, guess what? that employer is going to be considered to have condoned the behavior, to accept it. Yeah. So it's going to be very difficult for that employer, if not impossible, to say, well, you've done all these things wrong. I know I never said anything to you, but you've done all these things wrong, and now we can let you go for cause. Absolutely not. No way, because the employer would have condoned the behavior. Let's get Mike on the line. Mike, thanks for standing by for a moment. How are you tonight? Very good. Thanks for taking my call. Just a quick question. Is there a minimum period that I have to be employed for to be entitled to severance, or am I entitled from the start? Great question. Excellent yeah. question, and no, there is no minimum period. You're going to be entitled to severance if you have a job and you lost that job, whether you work for a week, whether you work for uh, 10 years, doesn't matter. You're owed severance. Now, the only exception, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, is if you signed an employment agreement that says 
that in the first three months you can be let go without severance. So if you sign an agreement that says that, then yes, in the first three months you wouldn't get severance, but only if you sign something that says that. Otherwise, if you lose your job even after a week, yeah, guess what? Severance is going to still be owed. Yeah, I mean, if you walk in the day of and they go, ah, you know what? Good day, but you're not the right fit. Out you go. You're going to be owed something. Well, I'll take it to a step further. Even in situations where you've been made a job offer, you accepted it, and then the company revokes the offer ah. before you start. So you've never worked for the company. Even in <laughs> that situation, you may be owed compensation. So, yeah, you know, that employment agreement is important, but there is no minimum uh, threshold or bar for you to get severance. You know, that, that termination for cause uh, topic we were talking about just before Michael's phone call, I'm thinking, you know, someone who's, because we mentioned working there for a week, if someone's worked there for a week or you've worked there for 30 years plus a week, I mean, does the length of employment, does that have anything to do with building a case and letting someone go if there's cause? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's going to be harder, that much harder to let someone go for cause if they're a long service employee. It's assumed that if they've been with you for a while, they know what they're doing. There's a reason why they've been with you for so long. So as difficult as it is always to terminate for cause, it's that much more difficult to terminate a long service employee. Lawrence, thank you for uh, joining the show. How are you? What's your question? Uh, The question is this, that, you know, when you get the severance and if your salary is, uh, is X amount, you make you make commissions. So is commission treated as salary or no? Yes. Yeah, so your your severance includes all components of your compensation. So salary, bonus, benefits, commission, car allowance, pension. All components of your compensation have to be accounted and have to be part of severance. And if your employer doesn't account for it, again, that could be a wrongful dismissal. Well, thanks. No Thanks, problem. Lawrence. Appreciate the call. And yeah, I mean, even something like gym memberships, all that stuff, if it's all wrapped up in your conversation. They've, they've got to comp- either keep you the membership in the car or give you the money equivalent, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've negotiated uh, oftentimes, you know, a golf club membership. Some employers provide, you know, as, as a kind of a perk, a golf club membership. And, you know, those could be valuable and certainly something that an employee would desire. So, yeah, that would have to be accounted for for the, for the, the severance. So it's not just your salary. Your employer is not going to forget about your salary when it comes to uh, to severance, but they often, often will forget, quote unquote, to include those other components and those can add up and they could be substantial. They could end up being more than the salary. So we absolutely, John, can't forget about them. What advice would you have for uh, employers with respect to building a case of cause against an employee? Because, you know, not all employees are, are equal, right? Well, you got to have to make sure that it's in writing. So if you're going right. to have an employee that does something wrong, you're going to discipline, make sure that it's in writing. The employee doesn't even have to sign it, even though that would be great. But you want to show that you've given them in writing a warning. Uh, and, and then you always want to make sure that the, the punishment fits the crime. Okay, You don't want to punish someone by suspending them for two weeks if they were late for 10 minutes. So make sure the punishment fits the crime. Make sure it's in writing. Build up the case. Take the time to do that. And maybe, maybe then you can establish cause. Does an employer sometimes still have to pay severance even if there is cause? Uh, Even if there is cause, depending on the situation, if it's not willful misconduct, the employer may still have to pay a portion of severance. So if the employee is just kind of making mistakes, but it's not willful, if that employee is let go for cause, 
even though it may be causing the employer build up their case, some severance may still have to be paid. So another reason why it's so, so important to get legal advice. And that is it for the night. Feel free to reach out. We're back in here tomorrow at 630. In the meantime, one 821 5900 the number to reach out to Lior and his crew, help at employmentlawyer.ca through email and that free website, still there, always there, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you tomorrow, 630, right back here on the Employment Law Show.